Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encourages you and uplifts you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. Church, put your hands together. Amen, amen. As you are seated, we tell you to do an awkward thing and talk to the person next to you and tell them, hi, welcome to church this morning. Amen. I was, uh, I was seeing something on the TikTok because I'm young, all right? Um, and uh, some guys, like, one of the most awkward things that people do as pastors do all the time is they tell us to talk to the person next to us, all right? We like to, we like to talk, amen, right? We like to talk. So we're not a quiet church. We are a, a kind of a little loud church. I love that our church is very diverse. We have white, purple, blue, green, all of it. That's how heaven's going to be, amen? Amen, amen, amen. Listen, last, last month, man, God has moved in this place. Man, isn't God good? God's good. We are packed out again because God is moving. And um, we did a series last month um, coming off our, our word of the year um, Sunday. Do you believe God is, there's still more in God, right? There's still more, amen. And we did our oil series. But this month, we're going to kind of transition into more of a teaching series because do you understand the stuff that we talk about here is for you to take on with you? It's not for me just to talk to you. It's for us to live this thing out. And today we're going to be talking a, a brand new series called Influence. Influence. It, it is very vital that we understand our influence. We understand that, uh, that we all have influence. See, there's this concept in our world right now that everybody wants to be an influencer. An influence. You can get a whole career being an influencer. I, I go, I, I teach at some schools, and I substitute teaching some schools. And, um, you know, you ask the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? And some people say a doctor. I mean, back in the day, it was like a doctor or, or you know, a nurse and everything. I asked my kids, and they're like, I want to be a YouTuber. <laughs> like, son, you know, like. We need to talk on these things, you know, but but they want to be influencers because that's all they are wrapped around with social media and different things. I mean, there's to the point where I see the money in what they're they're coming in. And I'm like, I'm an influencer as well. You know, we transition in on this thing because being an influencer is not only having to do with social media, which we'll be talking about that in the next couple of weeks. But each and every one of us has influence. Each and every one of us has influence. And how we operate in that influence matters to not only your life, it matters to the lives around us, the lives around us. But do you understand with the influence, each and every one has influence if you don't want it or not? We all have influence. We all have a circle that surrounds us, and people are looking to us for truth. We, we believe in everything the Bible says, right? We believe that he's a still promise keeper. He's still a healer. So the reality is there's other people that are looking for that truth, and they don't even know it yet. But we have to be the influencers in the culture that we live in. So it's okay that we take the month of February and talk about influence because it's so vital for our life and also for the lives of others because our job here at Axios is to crowd heaven. Amen? Amen. 
So influence is a responsibility. Each and every one of us has influence that is given to us as a gift, and it's our responsibility to, to use that influence for good, and some of the people use it for a little ratchet life. Nevertheless, it's still influence. It's still influence. That's why our culture is influenced by stuff, stuff, the stuff that they see. And we're, un, and we're wondering, like, why is this culture, why is this world all crazy? Because they're being influenced. So if we know that influence is responsibility, there has to be a weight to the life that we live. There has to be a responsibility, an actual thought to some of the actions and some of the things that we say, that we do, because if we are responsible for the influence that is given to us, we have to be intentional with the lives we live. We have to be intentional with the lives we live. The question is, are you using your influence for the glory of God? Are you using your influence for the glory of God? Your circle matters. We're going to be talking about this concept of the circle. Uh, you know that saying that they used to say, um, show me your, your top 10 friends and I will show you my future. You heard that before? Any, all young people, you heard that before? The mommy, daddy tells you all the time, you better watch them friends. Because it's true. The, what we surround ourselves around, it influences us and it changes a lot of things around us. So the thing is, it's a true saying, so maybe we need to re-examine our circles. The circle of influence, it shapes us, it directs us, it molds us, it even shifts us, our past, our present, and definitely our future. Uh, how, how about, uh, let, let's just have a little moment here. The, the people that are saved now, but they weren't saved before, you know what I'm talking about? You know, let's just go back in your testimony real fast, okay? If you really looked at that season of your life, who did you surround yourself? Do you think that that influenced some of the decisions you made? We're talking to the seasoned saints, like, like Ryan said. I can look back in my life, but I, I, was a, I, was, I, was a, I was always a Christian, you know, like Christian on the side, but hood rat in the, in, in the night. But the reality is, I've, the times where I felt, I guess, the worst in my life or where I saw my direction in my life was going off, it, it kind of revolved around the things and the people I surrounded myself with. It doesn't mean that they're bad. It means that there's times in seasons where you have to understand that people are not your identity. They're part of the process. But there's times where there's a season for everything. There's so many people that are in circles of influence that they shouldn't have been, that God has already taken their hands off two, three years ago. But we're holding on to that, uh, attempting to influence others. But when you have to understand as well, some people don't want to be influenced. Oh, but I'm dating this person because I'm trying to get them to Christ, but then you are being influenced by them, and now look at you now. Can we be real today? See, we're called to influence, but sometimes we need to wash our hands if people don't want to be influenced. See, I'm getting into next week's message. We, we, can't, we can't even go there. I'm not even on my notes. I'm ADHD. I'm going crazy. 
We're going to discuss this month relationships, friendships, media, and even more because what we surround ourselves becomes an indication of who we are, what we stand for, and where we're going. Our circle of influence is important. But before we get into things that influence or how we influence, we need to figure out what influence is from the beginning, from the jump. What is influence? The biblical definition of influence is this. Influence typically means to affect or change someone or something in the indirect but usually important way. Sometimes, some things or someone that influence a person or a thing then has influence on that person or a thing. There's a weight and responsibility to the influence that we have, that God has granted us. We have to also understand that he has given us a mission, a uh, uh, a great commission to follow, and it revolves around our influence. Matthew chapter 28, verse 16 and, and through 20 says this, Then Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Everybody say go. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. I surely am with you always to the very end end of the age. That is our mission. That's not just the mission for pastors. That's just not the mission for board members or kids pastors. No, it's the mission for each and every one of us. The influence we hold really does matter. We are called to affect culture, but some, some people are affecting culture in a good way or in a bad way. John Maxwell says this, leadership is influence. Leadership is influence. All, we are all called to be leaders in the environments we are in. The Bible says it like this, you know, where we set our foot, it's holy ground, right? That's what it says because we're believers. So that means that when you step foot in your workplaces, you have to have influence. You, you have to influence others. You can't be talking the way they talk. You can't be acting the way they talk because if we're trying to crowd heaven, they're looking at heaven through you. And if you're acting a little crazy, they ain't going to see Jesus. They're going to see you. We have to know that leadership is influence. There's another Christianese word that this is kind of revolved around that the influence. It's called your witness. Your witness. You read that in the Bible before? We are called to be witnesses of Jesus Christ. In every, in every avenue, we need to have influence. And God puts a spotlight on the responsibility and the gift that God has given us, which is our influence. So the first thing we need to know is what influences us. Before we are influencers, we need to know what influenced us. Because sometimes we can't give what we are not receiving. There's too many people that are giving giving. And they're empty on the inside. We need to know what influences us is going to come out. What it says, at the abundance of the heart, your mouth speaks. Whatever we are feeding ourselves would eventually come out. So we need to understand the first concept of this whole concept of influence. We need to know what influences us. You can hide horrible character for a long time, but eventually your influence is going to expose that character. You can try to hide all you want, but usually light always shines 
Your character is an indication of how effective your influence is going to be. We need to surround our influence with things that are going to build us from the inside out. There's too many people that are trying to build from the outside in. And we're trying to look the part and not being the part. And being the part starts on the inside. It starts in your prayer closet. It starts when you're fasting. It's starting when you're thinking. It's because there's too many people, too many Christians that are Christians on the outside. You can wear the right things. You can put the right things. You can say the right things. But even the devil knows the Bible. We are called to be the light in the darkness. We are not called to adapt to culture. We're supposed to effect culture. That means that you're not going to agree with the person next to you all the time. And you have to be okay with that. That means you're not probably going to be in those circles that you so want to be in because you have to be set apart to be an influence. You have to know that is a responsibility to this thing. There's a responsibility to this thing. We can't just, it's not about just praying a prayer, God save me. That's the first part of it. There's this concept that we don't talk about in the churches all the time. It's called being sanctified. Sanctification is a process. So just because you pray a prayer doesn't mean you ain't acting right. Prayer is the prayer of salvation is just the first step. See, this is where we got wrong. Is we, we, we pray too many prayers to get people saved, but we don't want to disciple them all the way through. It's called a process, but it doesn't give you an excuse to sin. We have to try to do this thing a little better because I'm trying to tell you that culture needs us. That we have to be an influencer in culture and not let culture influence us. For the past three years, four years, we've been influenced by culture with the sickness, with this and this. I'm not saying all that's bad. I'm just trying to say we need to be the dang church. It's time for us to be the church. God is not dead. My man is alive. We don't serve a, a God that's on a mountaintop with daisies and roses. He's a God of love, but he's also a God of a little bit of wrath. And he wants us to use this influence that he has given us to affect the people around us. If people don't know that you're a Christian, you're doing it wrong. If people can't come to you with their problems because they feel like you're too close offish, that means you're not doing the kingdom thing right. Because as being a kingdom follower of Christ, we need to be open to give them the truth that we are operating in. It's being an influencer. I don't even know where I am in my notes. Where the heck is this all this? We can end right now. It's about practical. Let's think about practical areas that can help our character as, as we build the inward influence of our life. Number one is we need his word. His word shapes our worldview. His word shapes our faith, shapes our future, and shapes our perspectives. I'm going to tell you right now. There's some crazy things in this world right now. And it, can I be honest? It's a little bit close to truth. There's these mindsets that are these young generation are dealing with, and, and, and they're accepting it because it's a little bit close to truth. That's how the enemy works. 
We call to be faith and have faith in things. The culture said, let's manifest it. We're, we're, we're called to, to live by his word, but then, oh, let's see what our sign says. Your sign is saying, stop doing what you're doing. That's called witchcraft. If I have to go to a sign to tell me who I am, you're not serving a true and living God. Because the reality is, if you're going to things and not to God, you don't want to go to God because you don't want to know what he has to say. So let me go to myself. And let me go to my personality trait. Don't you think God knows your personality? Don't think God knows from the end, from the beginning? We need to know that he is our answer, and it comes through his word. If you're reading things more than reading his word, you're only going to live by your opinion. We have to live by the word of God. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Am I going too hard? I'm sorry. Matthew 4, verse 4. But he answered, it is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, and for, um, and for training in, with righteousness, that, a man, that, man, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for good works. He's talking about the word of God there. We have to be equipped and ready for all good works. His word is my protector. His word is the secret sauce that I need for my godly influence to be effective in this word. His word builds me and sustains my influence. What's another thing that, that influenced us? Number two is godly accountability. Ooh. Don't get in my business. I'm called to be in your business. You know? Because if we're not in each other's business, we're not helping each other grow. But let me turn, let me flip the coin. When people, when people are giving you their business, don't judge them and don't look at them differently. I, I, you know, the Catholic culture, they do confessions, right? And we don't believe in that, you know, and all that stuff. Like, you know, I understand that. But I appreciate the accountability. Us in Christian worlds, like Christian worldview, we don't want to tell each other what we're really dealing with because deep down inside we think we're going to judge each other. Let's break that. You're jacked up just as much as me. Just because I hold a, a title of pastor doesn't mean I got my issues. I need you, man. We need each other. But here's the difference. Because people look at accountability as judgment. Ju accountability is not judgment. Accountability is holding to the standards and the principles of Jesus Christ. And if you don't like that, then you need to talk to the Holy Spirit about that. Because the Holy Spirit is here to comfort us, but also direct us to righteousness. So we are called to hold each other accountable. We need godly accountability in our life. You heard the word I said there? I didn't just say we need accountability. We need godly accountability in our life. Because you can get accountability from other things. And I'm going to tell you right now, some stuff I, I've heard from people, they, they counseled me, and I'm like, 
I appreciate you. That's weird. (laughs) We have to make sure that when we give each other accountability, we're also aligning it with God's word and what he's saying. Because there's some things that people will say, oh, God is telling me this about your life. I say, but he didn't tell me yet. He didn't tell me yet. So I, I have to accept that. And yes, we have to look at the different things, but accountability is key. We need people that we trust that are willing to check us before we wreck us. And it builds our influence. It builds our influence. Proverbs chapter 27 and 17 says, iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. I said this a couple weeks ago when we we said this verse, man. Iron sharpens iron. We love that verse, you know. We got tattoos of that thing all over. Every men's ministry is iron sharpens iron because that's the most manliest thing in the Bible. But when iron sharpens iron, that means there's friction happening. That means there's a little sparks, right? It's not just you don't sharpen iron. It's like, ooh, this is a great feeling. There's friction. There, there's like, ah, it, it hurts. That means accountability sharpens accountability. It means you need each other. And it's going to hurt at times, but it's for us to grow in Christ. It helps protect our influence. Another thing that we need to influence us is our su- a supportive community. Silo living is not world-changing influence. Well, I can do I can I can be over here and I can watch this online preaching and those are great. I'm not getting but then like you don't have community. Life without community is very lonely. Life without community doesn't push you to righteousness. That's why we need to be together. That's why Sundays are important. That's why Wednesdays are important because we need each other to have supportive communities, a healthy community. There's some people that have grew up in just horrible environments that needs a community that's, that's, that is healthy and united. And it helps us and grows our influence to help others. Do you see that? It's like I need you to check some things in me and support me in community so then I can be a light to others because there's circles that I would never enter into that you will. And us being believers, we have to support each other. This culture needs to see a church that is healthy and united in community because darkness cannot overcome light. We need our light to shine bright. It's taking the principles and, and, and disciplines of his word that we listen to every Sunday and applying it to our life. Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter what I say unless you apply it to your life. I can get the best message and Hebrew text and all this stuff. It doesn't matter unless you put some action to it, unless it sits in your heart and you put action to it. If I'm just here talking and then you just know, take what the word of God says and apply it to your life, I'm just giving you a TED talk. Motivational speech. No, we need to apply these concepts to our life and it builds in community. Community is important to the influence that I hold. Number two, how do we influence others? Here we go. How do we influence others? 
We hold influence in others' lives because we hold truth. Influence, the influence you have should attract people. The influence you have should attract people to you. Let me say that again. The influence you have should attract people to you. They should look at you and be like, this guy's a little weird, but he's nice. They should look at you and like double take like, why are you so happy right now? What, what? You, they should have these second thoughts. Why? Because we are rubbing against culture. When, when, when everybody in, the, in your workplaces are like, oh, this is a horrible diet and cussing out the boss and everything, you should be like, you know what? It's bad, but guess what? God is bigger. And people should look at me like, bro, you are weird. <laughs> why? You know, and they come to you and they'd be like, hey, why are you so different? An avenue to be an influencer and witness. Because everything around me could be shaky. But I know who holds my tomorrow. You see what I'm talking about? It's influence. How do we influence others? We need to make sure that we stay and continually stay salty in our life. Salty is bad, right? When you look at somebody like, you're being salty. But the Bible talks about this concept of salt to the world. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 and 16. I think I did the wrong verses there. 13, yes, let's do it. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out, trampled underfoot of men. You are the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand and gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. Talks about this salt and this light. You know when people can season some good food. I'm trying <laughs> without offending anybody. You know when you go to somebody's house and they invite you, you don't reach for the, the salt real fast because that, that's offensive. But you see that this chicken is supposed to be very moist and that thing is white as, as <laughs> that thing is white and you know right away you're not trying to offend them, but you know this thing needs some salt <laughs> to save it. I mean, you you can have some collard greens. But it's just collars without salt in that thing. Because it, you can tell when the flavor is not there. Same thing about our life. When somebody looks at you and you've been acting all reckless, and then out of nowhere, God finally gives you an opportunity to, to witness to them, but they're like, oh, bad taste. Why? You lost your flavor? We have to protect our flavor. 
Why? Because we're a light. We're a light that God says we need to be on top of a hill. When everything is dark, he says he's going to put you on a lampstand for everybody to see the light. And when they see the light, if darkness is around and there's one light shining, where are people going to go? So there's this concept of we need to protect our flavor. And what's your flavor? It's your witness. So why? So God can put you on a lampstand for others to attract to you for not for you to get a following, but for you to put people to follow Jesus. And that's the concept. We need to influence others. Do not lose your flavor. Let's practice what we preach and be an influence to the world who needs real when there's fake all around. Number three. We need to guard our influence, guard our influence. I, I remember growing up, we used to play hockey. And I don't know if because I was just horrible at hockey, they put me at goalie because I was fat. <laughs> I was fat, and I didn't know how to skate good. But out of nowhere, I became a good goalie, right, Jordan? It, just, it, was, it was the favor of God. <laughs> the favor of God. So I was up there. My job was to guard the nets. And they put me there because I took majority of the net. Okay? Don't, don't, don't. My mom still says I got baby fat, all right? My job was to guard the net so they won't score. We need to guard our influence. I mean, we need to make sure that we protect this thing. Because you can go a whole lifetime building your influence and lose it in a moment. We've seen tragedies of ministers and people that had so much influence in this world. And in an instant, in a decision, they lost it right away. It's so sad. I mean, we don't judge them. We, we pray for them. But you can lose your influence right away. That's why we need to guard it. There's a story in the Bible of this man named Samson. Samson, my man was strong. He had long hair. He used Pantene Pro-V. That thing was shiny. My man was sexy. He was so sexy that there was a girl, Delilah. And not the one on the, on the, on the radio. You know, Delilah. No. It ain't that Delilah. And ain't the one with the, hey there, Delilah. Ain't having that one too, all right? Delilah got a little, hmm, Samson look a little good. But before all that happened, before Delilah was in the, in the picture, there was a calling on Samson's life before he was born. Judges chapter 13, verse 25, it says, A certain man of Zara named Moriah from the clan of Danites had a wife, that was childless, unable to give birth. And the angel of the Lord appealed to, appeared to her, and he said, you are barren and childless, but you are going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. Now see to this that you would not, that you no drink no wine or other fermented drinks, and that you do not eat anything unclean. You will become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched with a razor, because the boy is a Nazarite. 
dedicated to God from the womb, he will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. So his call for his life was to lead the Israelite people against the Philistines. What, what did you want God to tell you the victory you were going to have before you were even in the victory? This is what he told Samson. He said, hey, you will lead the Israelites over the Philistines. But you got to do a couple things. Don't cut your hair. Don't eat unclean things. And I will be with you. See, I look at the Bible sometimes, and I'm like, you know what, God, if you gave me those instructions, I'll be good. It's when you don't give me the instructions, and I screw up at this thing. I'd rather have the instructions than I can follow that. My hair will be long. Ain't no wine coming this way. They gave him the instructions, and they said the promise attached to it. But then Samson... Even though he had influence that was given, he didn't guard his influence. Because in the, in the midst of all this, he grows up, then he finds this lady called Delilah. And Delilah, she looked look good. And Samson said, okay, we're going to do this thing. Here's the crazy thing. Delilah was part of the Philistines. And at the end of it, Delilah wanted to destroy Samson. So be careful how you influence people and be careful who influences you. Because it can be, you can have the purest of hearts, but you don't know if the other person has the purest of hearts. That doesn't mean we, we, we live close, like, without love and giving people opportunities, but we also need to guard it. And make sure that everything that it's not of God, that we kind of like. Because Samson's eyes and feelings got in the way of Samson's purpose. And sometimes well, our eyes become a little cross-sided. I can't go cross-sided, all right? Where God tells us, hey, I got a plan for you, but then that other that thing looks a little better. She looks a little good. And our vision is lost when God has a big purpose for us. Because we need to guard our influence. So what happens, let's go through the story. Delilah's like, Samson, what tell me what gives you the strength. And Samson didn't tell her at first. He's like, hey, you know, just playing it off. Like, honey, come on. You know, like, it's just I'm just good looking and all that stuff. Then finally he said, it's my hair. I'm, God's with me. Tells him everything. And then out of nowhere, try to tie him up, try to do these things, trying to entangle him, you know, trying to do everything. Until finally, she calls for the Philistines. Philistines to come, cuts his hair. He lost his, he lost his strength. He, he, he loses it all. He lost his influence because he didn't guard it. He knew what to do, but at times we know what to do, but our feelings are better than what we need to do. 
we know that God has us in this job, and maybe we don't like it, but our job is to be a light, and we try to jump into seasons that we're not supposed to be in yet because our feelings are hurt. Can we speak a little real today? You're in a marriage where the honeymoon stage is over, and I've fallen out of love, but you lost the commitment of aspect of it. So what do you do? You look other places to fulfill something that you have right in front of you that you're not willing to work at. You just want a feeling. Can I be real today? Because we lose focus of the mission. And what happens? He gets tied up. They shave his head. And then in Judges chapter 16, verse 25 and 30, it's one of the saddest things ever. It says, while they were in the high, high spirits, they shouted. And this is the Philistine. Bring out Samson to entertain us. So they called Samson out of prison, and he performed for them. The people that Samson was supposed to deliver is now making fun of the one that was supposed to be the deliverer. Because he lost his influence. When they stood amongst the pillars, Samson said to the servant who held, who held his hand, Put me where I can feel the pillars and support the temple so that I may lean against them. Now the temple was crowded with men and women, and the rulers of the Philistines were there. And the roofs were about 3,000 men and women watching Samson. So this place was packed. And Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me. Please, God, strengthen me once more. And we see that God gave him strength, brought the pillars down. He killed more. He, he did more against the Philistine at his death than he did when he was alive. We all want legacies that we got, and I'm closing. We all want legacies on our tombstones to be, this was a great person. And most of the time they're going to put that. But what are you going to do in the middle of that? We, we have to use our influence for his glory. The, the, he was killed by the same people he was supposed to deliver Israel from because he lost his influence. We have to guard our influence. Titus chapter 2 verse 7 says, In all things, showing yourself to be patterns of good works in doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, uncorruptibility. Guard your influence. Why are we talking about this? Why are, why are we talking about, why does it really matter? I'm a grown person. Because the reality is this. The enemy wants you to think that your life doesn't matter. He wants you to think that you're just a number. He wants you to think that you're just here to just pass time. But I'm here to tell you that your life matters to the kingdom of God. And as your pastor, I want you to understand that your life matters. So if your life matters, we have to be intentional of how we live these lives. We have to be intentional of how we operate for God's kingdom. We have to be checked each and every day to pick up our cross daily and follow him. To deny ourselves. To not live in these things. We cannot, you know those, you know those people where they post the highlight reels of your life. 
God doesn't need your highlight reel. He needs you just to be real. He needs your heart. He needs you to be an influence, to glorify his kingdom, to light up this world. Because your life matters. Your influence matters. How about this? Your influence matters to the grand plan of Jesus Christ. Have you thought about that? That he chose you? Like, he has the concept of, like, when people live, when people die. You know, some days I, I'm like, you know, I love history. And I'm like, man, I wish I lived in back in the days, you know. like, a, And Jess is like, no, you won't. Like, they didn't have AC. <laughs> But the reality is, have you thought about that? God could have put you in any time in history, but he made you here right now for a purpose. Isn't that mind-blowing? That you could be born in the 1980s, but he wanted you here in 2020, what is it, 2023. That's how intentional God is. If he's intentional by knowing the numbers of hairs on your head, even though you cut them, he's still counting. Even though you're losing them, he still numbers them. They just go, they're minusing down. We serve an intentional God. So we need to be intentional with what the life he has gifted us so we can influence not only our lives, but influence the lives around us. It's to be an influencer, a witness for the kingdom of God. Can I get an amen? amen? Can I get an amen? Yes. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 10, and I'm done. We are, you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and the servants who I have chosen, that you, you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, no God was formed, nor shall there be any after me. You serve the one. Nobody before him, nobody after him, and you get to be part of his team. And guess what? We serve a team that we're on, we're on the winning team. We're like on the 90 Yankees, all right? We're on the winning team. We're on the winning team. Let's use our influence for the glory of God. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, we love you, and we're in this together.